Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with special guest host Anders Brown from Tegria. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be talking about healthcare's inflection point and the way forward. And today's episode is sponsored by Tegria, which is a reliable and responsive one-stop shop for strategic healthcare consulting, solutions execution, and technology services. Learn more at tegria.com. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our accounts at TechGuy and the Tegria account at TegriaTogether. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareitoday.com. Excited to have you here, Anders. Uh, it's going to be a excited. fun conversation going yeah, forward. Yeah, excited, huh? excited to be here. A lot happening, uh, certainly, in the industry right now. So uh, happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. In fact, it's a little bit overwhelming, right? I mean, I think that, but I actually am excited because there's this confluence of technology and data and regulation yeah. and innovation, right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's a ton of stuff happening um, in the industry overall, and certainly, I think one of the one of the major trends we pay a lot of attention to is all this big tech, you know, showing up uh, in the uh, in the industry. Uh, it's not lost to anybody uh, who saw Amazon buy one medical. You know, that was yeah. another another in the series there. So I think that's one really interesting thing that really has been going on for the last couple of years um, and will certainly shape, I think, what this looks like moving uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think big tech is a big one, right? And you know, it's going to influence everything. Even the startup companies that really don't even compete with big tech are like, well, what does big tech mean for me? <laughs> so yeah. I think that's a big one. But you know, for me, it's AI everything. Like, you know, when, once I saw AI that was incorporated into scrubs management, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, AI is going to just eat the world. I, I recently saw, you know, an investor say, you know, AI is in every single pitch deck now. But in unlike crypto, which incorporated in every pitch deck for a while, right, it's actually right. going to make a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you have this, this interesting, I mean, you, you mentioned this idea of inflection point and, and where we're at as an industry. And, you know, you had these like interesting dynamics already in place, right? You had this idea of patients wanting more and a lot of talk about the patient experience and how does this become, you know, just an easier experience um, for you to get into seeing your healthcare provider. On the other hand, you have the providers you know, that are suffering from burnout, too much technology, yeah. but this, te- this tech thing really comes in and I think changes a lot of dynamics if, if you're looking at the industry, because it's like, what are the moves going to be? I mean, are we going to get our healthcare from Amazon someday? I mean, you know, how's that going to look? But I think the one thing that is consistent with that is, in fact, this idea of bringing new solutions, like you said. I mean, this idea of how to use artificial intelligence, how to use cloud infrastructure, how to do things that, in theory, both reduce the cost of actually being a healthcare system, but then also in theory, getting better outcomes through this data. I think it's going to be a trend that again has started and we're going to see for a long, long time, which, which will be very positive for the industry. Yeah, the big trend I'm seeing is that healthcare systems want to get out of the IT business and they want to get into the transformation business. 
So yeah. like, I don't want to have a data center. I don't want to do desktops. I, you know, like, sure. I need those things. Right. Or, you know, I, you know, I have public cloud, right? <laughs> like, so there will yeah. be a data center that helps me, but I don't want to do that. I want to do the stuff that's going to transform my organization, which is a big mindset change, right? Like when I mm-hmm. think about healthcare organizations, the mindset was we're going to do it all in house originally, and we're going to provide these great services and, and we're going to, you know, the IT people are going to say, okay, here's something for you to use. Right. But I'm going to support billing so that mm-hmm. I can bill better. Right. You know, like that was it of the past. Right. And EHRs kind of reflect that is how yeah. can I do my billing better and how can I make that more efficient? And yeah. now there's a big mindset change to say, okay, well, my EHR now needs to create a better consumer experience to your point because now I'm competing with Amazon on the experience my patients are going to have. And yeah. that is a huge mindset shift. Yeah, it's a huge shift. I think, I think you have um, two interesting dynamics at play. One is this whole idea of how do I change the cost structure of healthcare? And that's not mm-hmm. lost on anybody. We've been certainly living that and everybody's seeing the headlines and the challenges with you know revenue uh, decreasing, uh, cost rising inflation. That's just, that's just a challenge. So a lot of this technology, to your point exactly, is specifically to try to reduce those costs, right? If I can get rid of my data center and pay a service fee to a public cloud provider, in theory, I have more capital to take care of my community. I have more money to put to, to work to actually improve the, the lives around, uh, around me uh, as a healthcare system. I, th- I think the other important point you, you commented on, which we see a lot of, is this idea of transformation. And one of the things I've said uh, to, to everybody I can, it's like transformation means something different to everybody, you know, and it's a fascinating trend <laughs> because it, in some way, it, 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 where do you start? How do I get going? I know what I want the end state to be. And so I think one of the, one of the dynamics in the industry is to, is to be okay that you may not have everything figured out, but you need to go down a path. You need to start taking the steps. You need to, you know, head down a trajectory, but it is a, it is a loaded word for sure now. Uh, because everybody wants to digitally transform, as they say, but you know, it just means something different to everybody to a certain extent. But but yeah. they're important trends, yeah, for sure. No, it's fair. Uh, digital transformation. Everyone wants to do it, but everyone thinks they're doing it. <laughs> like, you know, because you know, and then, but then on the other side, uh, when you think about transformation, what does that really mean? That means change. Mm-hmm. And how many of us want to change, right? Many of us are yeah. comfortable doing what we're doing and we're happy and, you know, and change is hard. Change is hard for all of us in life and work and business. So yeah. I think it's fun, interesting balancing that. But I think yeah. the challenge I see when I think about the transformation and, and some of these trends is that there's a whole bunch of really painful issues and kind of universally painful issues that we're seeing in healthcare right now. The big one that stands out for me is the workforce issues. I mean, mm-hmm. we're hearing it everywhere. And, and so, you know, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, how are we going to manage with a smaller workforce, with a workforce that's burnt out? That's, you know, what are we going to do to deal with that? And my answer is these trends, right? AI is going to be the solution to some of that because it's going to automate the mundane so that one, I'm less burnt out because I'm not doing this right. ridiculous task that, you know, a robot could do. Right. <laughs> and right. two, it, you know, it's going to take people that are now doing four people's jobs and saying, okay, how am I going to solve this? I'm going to use automation. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of, um, particularly once you get into, you know, the idea of robotics and automation, things like that, we get, we get a lot of discussions around people 
um, in the industry worrying about, hey, is that going to take my job? What does that mean for me? Like you said, the problem is everybody has two or three jobs, it seems like, <laughs> in the industry now. And so in some way, we see a future where this technology actually augments and is, is you know, the, the extra nurse on, this, on, the, on the shift or whatever your analogy is to help um, folks get more done. Essentially do some of that mundane work, as you pointed out, so that people can actually do higher value work. Um, but it is it is a it is a big deal. I mean, not having enough people to physically take care of uh, of, of the communities and actually run the hospital is certainly a, a trend. And again, I think I think tech will be there. I think there's some really interesting emerging uh, trends. We talk about software, but there's a lot of hardware innovation happening. Mm. I mean, literally physically robots in healthcare, and and I don't mean just surgery stuff. I mean, you know, thinking about robots running around the the hospital floor, fetching things and doing other uh, yeah. other chores for folks. I mean, that's that may be a, a ways out there, but you know, that technology is something that we have to kind of get right to, to make sure that we can do what we can do with the capacity that we, we have, because it, it is it is not enough uh, bluntly right now. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because that technology is there. It's starting to take drugs around, right? Robots mm -hmm. are moving drugs around the, the organization. But I think what's hard for a provider that I talk to and the ones I talk to is that like, okay, you can do all this robotic innovation. Great. But how about you just make my EHR less painful? Mm -hmm, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. how about you have it load quickly, right? By moving yeah. it to the cloud so it's more responsive. And, you yeah. know, that would help my burnout more than anything is that when I click it, it actually works, right? And it doesn't go down, right? It's reliable. And, you know, that you're, you're doing proper security so that then I don't have a ransomware incident, right? Or, you know, how about you, you know, build in the right templates to make me more efficient yeah. in my documentation process? Like, you know, these things things that, you know, or, or even improve the EHR, you know, so that it, it, it makes my life easier. Those are the pain points that I hear most, which I hear him say, I hate yeah. the EHR often, right? And what they hate it is often the regulation and the reimbursement requirements, but there is some things you can do from a configuration standpoint to make it less painful as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have two interesting uh, dynamics at play. One is you're really coming off of as you point out, really a decade-long run in deploying these uh, these platforms, this infrastructure, this this EMR, uh, you know, nervous system I call it. That's really driving yeah, a lot of the of the, wor of the workflow uh, inside of a healthcare system. And because of that, what's actually happening, and and again, we see this. You mentioned it is clinicians and doctors and nurses. They they actually have to be more technologists than anybody really wanted to to do when they signed up for this. You know, they, they these are people and and a and a community and an industry that wants to take care of their a community and deliver great value and great outcomes. And so you have this interesting dynamic where to your point exactly, you know, how you think about getting more from what you spent the time on and more can be, you know, get more out of it, literally get more insight, more analytics, more things around the data you're collecting, but it could also be just get more meaning, remove it from the process of it, improve your clinical mm -hmm. workflows, you know, add the, add the templates that you're referring to. Um, you know, that, that will, that will take you a, a certain step um, forward in terms of just reducing that, that pressure to be a technologist inside of inside of healthcare, because again, that's I, I think what's leading to a lot of this burnout. You know, we talk a lot about that, but how do we actually create an environment where, uh, as an industry, where where clinicians and nurses and doctors can get back to what they really love doing, which is taking care, certainly taking care of patients. So it, it's an interesting uh, dynamic right now. Yeah, I mean, I was fascinated even you know by the support desk. 
and how simple things like that and how effectively yeah. you implement a support desk for EHR problems, which are bound to happen. It's normal, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. fine for that to happen. But if the doctor has to sit online with a support tech person who can't actually solve the problem because they're a first level and they really need that second level, that's like tremendous burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those are the kinds of things that, uh, you know, if you can, if you can tackle those little things to make sure that either the, the answer, you know, uh, gotten on the first call or the first level or whatever, but reduce that kind of cognitive burden of how to dealing with the system, uh, it gives more, more space, I'd say for, you know, taking care uh, of patients. And it's not just on the ER. I mean, we talked a little bit about this kind of consumerization and, and access. I mean, there's, there's a lot of places that, uh, you know, you see friction in the system. You know, one of our favorite is, is, is call centers as an example and mm-hmm. how many different times you might have to go around. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you can do there to just reduce the burden on the, the patient, which usually means a better experience when they come in, which also then translates to a, a, a lower, lower load on the, on the nursing staff or whatever it might be to actually get them into, you know, into seeing the, the, the caregiver. Yeah, absolutely. I think we underestimate how, how much happy patients impact the, <laughs> you know, the clinical yeah. staff. Cause if the patient's already burnt out before they've even checked in, right. <laughs> because they yeah. have this ridiculous check-in process with paper that they've filled out 16 times already and they know it's in the HR and yet you're not, you know, you're requiring them to do it again. You know, by the time they get to the nurse, they're all burnt out and angry and the nurse has to, you know, take the blunt of that. Yeah. Right. Because you did a, a bad job on the front end. I think we underestimate the impact of that. Yeah, for, for sure. I think the, um, you know, the healthcare industry is not traditionally been, you know, tuned around this front door, like you said, this experience of from, from the moment I touch, you know, needing to have some access um, to, to through the whole process, it's really been tuned more to the outcome. You know, it's actually, mm-hmm. so all the noise to actually get you in to see that doctor uh, or that nurse or clinician, whatever it might be, um, it is, is something traditionally we haven't spent a lot of time on, but it is actually where a lot of the feedback's coming from when, when you go survey these, these health systems. We, we've done a, a bunch of work around patient access at UC Davis, as an example, uh, down in California. And I mean, they have 800,000 clinic visits a year. I mean, this is a huge, huge, huge you know, process to get people in and out. And uh, the ability to consolidate that or think about it differently, it really does go a long way to reducing the stress on the system. Because again, if it's stress on the consumer on the front end, it certainly translates over into, you know, the in, uh, in, in the building experience, which then also overflows into the, the provider, of course. So yeah, they're all, they're all connected, uh, uh, you know, even on the back end on, on collections and payments and how many bills am I getting? That's you know, true. these are all, these are all things that uh, are addressable that I think we need to, we need to spend more time on uh, making that, uh, that burden lower. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and special guest host Anders Brown. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Tegria. Tegria is solely focused on healthcare and offers integrated, scaled solutions to improve every aspect of a, of a provider or payer's business. From the first patient welcome experience and EHR optimization to revenue cycle management and everything in between, Tegria meets you where you are in your journey to transform healthcare and helps you, helps you move forward on a customized path to improve financial performance. Learn more about how Tegria can help you at tegria.com. I mean, it's ironic that, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about here today, right? Is meeting them where they are. Mm -hmm. I think that's the interesting challenge is that 
you know, we, we have kind of a haves and have nots in healthcare as I see it, right? Is, you know, there's some that have so much money, they don't know what to do with it. And so they have different issues with, uh, you know, organizational alignment and other things, right? And we have yeah. some that, you know, are just trying to survive. Uh, how do you look at it when you say, how do we address these issues? And, and maybe what's the wrong way to approach it? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One is um, your, your point on this kind of bifurcation and, you know, the large systems that actually have some of this budget around innovation or, or transformation, you know, that is a different dynamic than certainly the long tail of community hospitals that are out there, uh, community and regional hospitals that are just essentially, uh, for the most part, trying to take care of their community and don't necessarily maybe have all those, uh, those resources. I think uh, in both cases, um, the idea is, you know, fundamentally, how do you get more out of what you've put in place to a certain extent? Um, mm. And how do you actually look at this infrastructure? And whether you've done it, you know, in a big system for a long time, or you're just trying to make uh, steps forward, how do you actually get more out of that? How do you think about uh, the process around those systems, or the, the, the experience around those systems? But I think that um, this idea of transformation can apply to both of them. But again, it might mean, mean something different. In terms of what, you know, not to do, maybe I'd reframe it a little bit and say, well, what, what have we seen work? What, what should you do? One of the, one of the things, uh, and you commented it a, a little bit earlier on this, uh, you know, this idea of, of transformation and, and innovation is if we're not careful, it can actually backfire, right? We've seen mm -hmm. a lot of, lot of projects where if you, if you try something and you don't kind of get the right buy-in or you don't get the right uh, sponsorship and let's say you do a prototype or a pilot and it doesn't work or, or you didn't, you didn't, uh, see what you wanted, then, then everybody, you know, kind of throws their hands up and say, we don't have any room for innovation. That's not actually the right way. The right way is to actually take, you know, the steps forward one at a time and to try to learn. And I'd say learn quickly and then, uh, you know, try to move forward uh, again. What, what, what usually doesn't work is these large scale, you know, we're going to transform over five years. The problem in five years, you're going to have, you know, another version of Oracle buying Cerner or Amazon buying <laughs> One Medical or, you know, just last week, you probably saw the, the uh, uh, connection up between United Health and, and Walmart in, in terms of value-based care. So these are, these are trends that are happening. And so I think it's very easy to get sucked into a, a, a PowerPoint that talks about a five or 10-year trajectory, but really progress is made day by day on a smaller scale. And I think that's certainly what we entertain and provide to our clients that we work with is just how to, how to get going. And a lot of that, is, as we mentioned, is, is often centered around the EHR, which is the this nervous system and backbone of what are in uh, many of these systems now. Yeah. I think what's interesting as I look at this and I say, well, how do we address this? What I see is that there's a lot of people who are firefighters. They're busy fighting fires yeah. all day. And so I think if I were to suggest, what can people do? What can organizations do? It's look, how much time are you fighting fires? And how yeah. much time are you thinking strategically? You know, a CIO out of Florida actually taught me this principle because he's like, the thing that I'm missing is that I'm not spending enough time thinking strategically. Now, this can go too far, right? <laughs> like, yeah. we can have death by committee and planning right. and strategy sessions and all that, right? I mean, right. basically, you talk a lot, but you don't do anything. So I think that's a mistake as well. But there's many organizations that, you know, could just fight fires constantly. Just look at the number of EHR tickets you have and you'll know mm -hmm. the answer to that, right? Yeah. Those are all fires that to someone and certainly you need to address, but you know, like you need to prioritize them and decide how much time do I want to spend fighting fires and how much time do I want to spend avoiding future fires and thinking yeah. strategically about what, you know, what I can do to make my provider experience better or the patient experience better. Yeah. That's the mindset shift I think people and, need to think. And I think even, even as important, 
is once you solve that, do you want to do it with your capital or do you want to work with a, a partner mm. who maybe can do it cheaper and more efficiently to a certain extent? And again, that's where you see these bifurcation of, you know, what value provided by the system itself. Again, at the end of the day, the clinical value is there. You're not going to uh, necessarily uh, at all have a scenario where you know, the doctors have to be there delivering that sure. value. But to your point exactly on tickets, you know, if you're a, a community a hospital, you know, I'm up here in Seattle, Washington, out, out in Eastern Washington somewhere, do you do you actually want to build a whole infrastructure for tier one, tier two support running the system? Or do you want to look at other uh, options or solutions or, or, or partners? Um, because I think that's the other dynamic there is how do you how do you decide how to split your time? But more importantly, when you when you do decide, are you going to build in that and are you going to own it? Are you going to invest in it? Or are you going to try to work with a partner or, or some form of collaboration to, to try to get more kind of efficiency and, and scale out of it? Because that that's, you know, that that's certainly a trend in the market that we see. Yeah, and I never understand why an organization, I mean, you go to a conference, hymns, you know, whatever it might be, right, yeah. live, et cetera. And, and you know, like the, the CIO is almost afraid to talk to vendors. <laughs> like I've seen it firsthand and I, I don't understand that because it's like, you know, they're really partners for you. And many of them look at it and say, oh, they're so expensive. And it can be if you do it the wrong way, I think, right? But if you do it the right way, they're going to bring so much innovation and so much, you know, like just use security as a simple example. Yeah. Like you're, if you're in rural Washington, you're not going to be able to bring the best security people to secure your data centers and build mm -hmm. all of that up. Why would you want to do that, right? It's much less expensive, you know, especially at the scale that's needed for yeah. a security security for, you know, you know, cloud, you know, for liability, et cetera. Like you're not going to be able to do that in house. It's much cheaper to outsource that innovation, you know, to someone else. So mm -hmm. like to me, I've just never understood like why you don't want deep partners, you know, because they, they, they can do it at a lower cost and even higher reliability, more security, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, you know, you can bring other ideas from around. I mean, that's the benefit of of, and then certainly we see this where you can, you know, not everybody is going to be able to solve these problems on their own. At some point, we all have to kind of come together, which which we have. I mean, for a long time, healthcare has been a very collaborative environment where best practices are shared and lots of, um, you know, uh, connection points between leaders and healthcare systems on how do you solve things. But, you know, if we don't, you know, we have to put some fabric there. And I think that's where uh, a lot of these third parties uh, certain ourselves included can can try to bring some of these ideas to the table so that you don't have to recreate the proverbial wheel you know every single time. Um, I think the other dynamic which which I'll, I'll push on you a little bit on the CIO you know not when I, I think people confuse partnering with loss of control. Um, mm. You know it's just not true. I mean at the end of the day it's really a budgeting and a strategy decision on how do you want to staff your team versus work with third parties. And uh, you know our experience has been that folks that are sponsoring some form of discussion. Uh, with, with vendors or with third parties. I mean, you're, you're the ones driving the initiative. Um, and so there's no, no need to kind of feel that loss of control, which uh, as you started out talking about, you know, change and, and change management and change processes are always hard no matter where, where we're at in, in, in an industry. But I, I think we, we've certainly seen some of that um, uh, as well, but that's, you know, something that it just isn't, isn't really there. I mean, it's, it's something mm -hmm. that uh, you just don't need to worry about. Yeah. It's interesting to think, haven't we all lost control? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, do we, yeah. are, are, are we really in control is, is an interesting question to think about. Yeah, well, and, 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 to, and to your point, if, if we don't all come together, we're, somebody else is going to take the control, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, again, 
Microsoft bought Nuance, Oracle bought Cerner, Amazon bought One Medical. I mean, these there are people coming to this industry to exploit the inefficiencies that we're all kind of living uh, every day and trying to solve um, to a certain extent. And, and whether they can is a different question. Healthcare's you know, very complex. I certainly am new to healthcare in the last four or five years and, and realize the complexity. It is not as simple as, you know, just saying we're going to, uh, you know, proverbially cut the middleman out, which is usually a, a play that Amazon would, would just like to like to run. But uh, but somebody's going to put pressure on this to to change and transform. And again, I think that's the opportunity for these leaders uh, in these healthcare systems to, to to embrace that. As I mentioned, take these steps forward. Uh, and recognize that you know if, if we don't if we don't collectively come together and do it, somebody's going to uh, unfortunately do it do it for us. I think the other thing that's cool and exciting about right now is that there are solutions out there. Like uh, you know, I think maybe many of us are so stuck in the flames, right, of the fires that are <laughs> happening and and the regulations, which are over. You know that they're they're a lot, right? That's a lot to deal with. Yeah. And 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 there's you know there's a lot of compliance and security is super challenging right now. And and this there's, there's a lot to handle right now. But what's cool is that there is solutions out there. I mean, I was even talking something is is as ridiculous as faxes, which still exist in healthcare and will for a long time to come. And, you know, I was talking to one, he's like, how oh, we just need to deal with this somehow. Like it's an, it's a burden to our organization. And I, I introduced him to a CIO that has worked on this exact same problem and used some AI solutions to automate all the manual work that they're doing. And, and so it's like, that's what excites me right now is that there are solutions to this, right? Like not everyone hates their EHR. There are solutions to configure your HR in a better way to make it more responsive and to you know improve uptime using cloud and to do all sorts of things like these solutions exist you know you don't you know it's not like oh, okay we're just stuck and there's no solutions it's it's just yeah. not equally distributed yeah yeah and i mean that's that's part of this how do we how do we you know express this innovation and share this innovation among folks but to your point you know they, these technologies are out there and you know the the, the fun part for me again coming really from more of a technology background is, is it's not going to stop. I mean, we're going to go right from AI, which has been around for a while, making an impact today, you know, <laughs> to quantum computing. Again, these will be 10, 10, 15 year trends, but that will transform, you know, life sciences and outcomes. Um, we've talked about, you know, physical robotics and, you know, how, how do we get people to stay at home as an example, rather than come to the hospital through new sensors and telemetry of what their health experience really is. And how does that going to work with the cloud? I mean, these are, these are things that are here today, but I think more, more important and almost as exciting, uh, they're big time trends that will continue for the next decade, uh, for sure. And that, that's what, that's what, you know, gets me up every day. I, I just think it's really exciting to see this technology. And, uh, Again, part of the art is what do I apply today versus what do I wait to, to mature for the for the future? But, but like you yeah. said, it, it's here. Well, and what's exciting is there's so many things. So the question is, what should people prioritize today? My answer is two simple things. One is, what can I do to relieve the, relieve the burden of my providers? And the second is, what can I do to make sure I'm providing an amazing experience for patients? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if I think about patient experience, provider experience, that's what I'm focused on. What would you prioritize? Yeah, I think that um, I'd probably uh, cite both of those. Again, you can decide if you can do both in parallel, but I do think there are really easy steps to transform. And, and let, maybe we should be careful with the word transform, but essentially improve and move forward the patient experience, to your point. I think a lot of us have gotten tuned to other industries where, you know, whether it's retail or, or airlines or whatever it might be, where you know mobile phones are the first uh, priority. We, we were checking in and checking out online. I mean, these are all things that are, uh, not quite to healthcare yet, but we can get there. I think 
that will then translate to just a better ecosystem inside of the provider you know network and inside the actual uh, physical presence of, of getting your care which hopefully should reduce uh, some of the burden um, if we can do that and then also improve clinical workflows make the ehr more a background thing that's a tool not a foreground thing that is you know taking cognitive load and, and frustrating me uh, I think those are the two the two areas, um, and, and both of those have technology components. And again, like you said before, you know that's the stuff's here today. The question is, how do you take these steps uh, to move forward, uh, kind of one at a time? Yeah, sounds like they need to call Tegria. Well, Anders, this was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I appreciate you uh, sharing your insights and pers perspectives. And thanks to all who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. I want to thank Tegria for sponsoring today's episode. And you can learn more about Tegria's healthcare consulting and technology services at tegria.com. And to find more details about our show, check out our programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag hashtag HITSM. I'm John Lynn with my special guest host, Anders Brown. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.